about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy, what day is it? Oh yeah, Wednesday, because it's World of Wednesday. Hello. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, powered by CRTV. It's today's free podcast here on iHeart, iTunes, Google Play. Help us spread the word. Help us get the word out there about what we're doing here each and every day at CRTV. CRTV.com, use promo code DACE, and you too can get a subscription at a cheaper rate by using my name as a promo code. And you won't just get us, but all of the other fantastic shows here at CRTV, including the great one, Mark Levin. All that available to you right now at CRTV.com. And just use my promo code DACE. We have monthly subscription offer, uh, uh, options. Also, you can just... Try the free trial, and if it's not what you're after, you cancel at any point during that period. It doesn't cost you a penny. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Also, we love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Quick preview from uh, the TV show we just wrapped up. Give the audience a little taste of what we did today for CRTV. Todd, I'll start with you. I learned that the coolest thing about Judge Roy Moore's victory is that he did not pray to win the election, but only that God's will be done. That's dang it, an Todd. awesome start. Dang it, you stole my clickbait. Dang it. Dang it, dang it. But you yeah, won't believe bright. what Judge Roy Moore no, pay, Judge, prayed for. Judge Roy Moore <laughs> run the, won the uh, Alabama Senate uh, primary runoff, and then he said this. <laughs> That's even better. Uh, it was Roy Moore uh, all the time, uh, and what it means, um, the, what, what his win last night means. It means probably uh, the bottom line is that he's going to be the next uh, senator from Alabama, uh, and that's a, that's uh, that should encourage you. In a year that's been uh, progressively getting worse than it was in 2016, uh, that alone should encourage you. It doesn't mean like well, this is some watershed moment for conservatism, though. This is This might be... No, a twenty-four hour rule. We're gonna we're we're going to enjoy it for twenty-four hours. Yes, we are. Um, yeah, this this should be something to enjoy. And we got into everything, almost everything that it means. And I know we'll be getting into that more. So, today. Aaron, if I since you're a pro at this, if I would have said Judge Roy Moore ignites the theocracy, would would that be in the ballpark of yes, doing it for right Mother, for Mother Jones? Yeah. Let's get to Worldview Wednesday. I really believe. Elitism. Marxism. Atheist. Government intervention. Secular humanist. Liberals and conservatives. Materialism. Nihilism. U.S. Americans. Christian. Globalist. Socialist. Democracy. Worldview, as the word suggests, is how we look at the world around us. How do we understand life as it hits us in the face? Libertarian. Tea Partier. The free market. Nobody is without a worldview. The only question is, is it a good one or a bad one? So it becomes the glasses, the spectacles, the filter through which they're actually seeing life. And the whole universe and the world and human life is understood through that lens. This is Steve Dace. And this is Worldview Wednesday, your college philosophy class via podcast, except we're actually right-wingers as opposed to like every philosophy prof and 
the country that you're subsidizing. They'd be the other guys. So we're actually looking at philosophy from a right-wing uh, perspective. Well, we hope from a biblical perspective. I'm, I'm being facetious when I say that, okay? But um, it just so happens that most of the time it comes from a right-wing perspective, although we're not even sure anymore what the right-wing is, right? So this is where we delve a little bit deeper into the issues and the debates that we discuss and, and debate every day in America, because really they're the, they're the result of the worldviews that often get neglected. Now, we focus on those worldviews every day on the show as it is, but this is one show a week where we exclusively go a little bit further digging down to the root cause of the dilemma, and we call it Worldview Wednesday, and I'm calling an audible. All right. And in fact, I didn't even decide to do this until we got to the end of the TV show, because as we were taping the TV show, I teased that we were going to continue rules for patriots on uh, the podcast, the series we've been doing on the Ten Commandments of Political Warfare. I'm, I'm going to interrupt this regularly scheduled broadcast in order to bring you a special presentation. Omaha. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Because I'm seeing this a lot in my social media. And several of you are already asking me about it, and I want to address it, okay? Because it has to do with Judge Roy Moore. We got into if you, the political analysis of what Judge Roy Moore accomplished last night, how he did it, what it means. That's what today's CRTV show is about. So CRTV.com, use my promo code DACE, don't miss it. You'll want to watch it. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, joined us. For the first time, I've seen my friend with a twinkle in his eye. I've never seen that before, actually, Okay. So this will not be a political analysis of what happened, why, and what it means. This is going to be a worldview analysis of, what, of what's happening. Because it, the worldview issue is what's creating the dilemma that some of you are confused by, that you're asking me about, and I want to address it. Okay? I'm not going to address any specific names. And the reason why I'm not going to is, one... Some of the questions you're asking me, you're asking me about a show I did not watch or listen to. And so therefore, you know, the Proverbs say one man's side of the story seems true until you hear the other sides, right? So I've not heard or watched the show in question for myself. And since I know one of the individuals and admire him and, and admire the other person, though I don't know him that much, I... And not to mention, we love our neighbors, we love ourselves. They deserve the benefit of the doubt without me singling them out because I didn't listen. I, didn't, I can't draw my own conclusion yet. I haven't had a chance to do that. But the dynamic is one that is going on throughout the conservative world right now, so I want to address it, okay? Um, the other reason I'm not going to name specific names, even with things I've seen on Twitter or even responded to, is because in those cases... The minute I give a specific name, what happens to the conversation? Squirrel. Mm-hmm. You see, we lose the point I'm trying to make. The names aren't the point. The point is. So we're to keep our focus on the point and not the names. It's not that I'm against naming names. When I think you're being scammed, defrauded, will I name names? That Yes. That's pretty much the other name for this show, naming names. <laughs> yes. it's In this case, though, it's not a scam or a fraud. It's a disagreement. And it doesn't serve the debate, in my view. Now, I could be wrong, but when you get your own podcast, you can make that decision. Since this is mine and it has my name on it, I get to make this one. And then you guys get to decide whether you like it or not. Okay? But in my view, having some pretty vast experience on these matters, when it's an honest disagreement... 
the naming of names makes it personal when it doesn't have to be. And I want to avoid that for the sake of this conversation, because I think the points we're going to discuss are far more important than any of the names, including Judge Roy Moore, frankly. But I want to begin with this point. We don't have to agree. Let me say that again. We, we don't have to agree. I think sometimes we put this pressure on ourselves. That if we live in the same country, if we have the same, if we live in the same home, if we go to the same church, vote for the same candidates, that we, we just have to walk in lockstep with one another. And we don't. Well, Steve, can, can, can two walk hand in hand if they don't see eye to eye? That's another proverb, right? <clears throat> that, that's talking about things of an existential nature, law and justice, truth and a lie. I'm talking about a disagreement. And we don't have to agree all the time. We don't. And sometimes we don't we won't agree for the right reasons and sometimes we will agree for the wrong ones. Sometimes we'll, we'll find out the things we agree on now later on we were wrong about. And sometimes we'll find out the things that people disagree with us on now they were wrong about later on. That's called life. And This is one of those simple things, though, that because of the world we live in, particularly with social media and the herd mentality that creates, and if I I see one status update from someone I like and respect or love, and I think it's nuts and crazy, does that mean I hate them now? This is the pressure the environment we live in kind of puts on us all the time. I just think it's okay. I, I have a different perspective on this than you, and I just don't agree. I think give ourselves permission to have that. I think it's okay. I'm totally okay with it. Now, I wasn't always okay with it in my life, which is why I understand the pressure many of you feel right now. The one thing this environment did that benefited me is it truly taught me to be okay with disagreeing with people. Steve, you didn't strike me as the kind of person that cared about offending people. That's not what I mean. What I mean is disagreeing with people that I thought were on my own side. And as long as they're not being dishonest, then if we just can't see it the same way, then oh well. And we're just not going to work together this time. And then nothing personal, and I'll, I'll catch you next time, and maybe we'll work together. I had someone who is a uh, leftist activist in her own state who follows me a lot on Twitter because we actually have a lot of the same sports affinity. And he tweeted me yesterday, last night, when did, you be, when did you jump on the Trump train? And I tweeted back to him, I'm not on any train. I'm doing the same thing I've always done. When I agree, I agree. And when I don't, I don't. When I agree with you, I agree. And when I don't, I don't. When I agree with the president, I agree. And when I don't, I don't. I literally have no other motivation than that. Now, I can't say that's always been my motivation in my career. I used to buy into the whole factions. I don't, I'm out. I'm, I, none of that's true. That's all. That's the fakest fake news of them all is that. That'll get you nowhere. Okay? But I, I think this point needed to be made first because I'm not sure we're going to do well with what's going to come next if we can't all agree that we don't have to agree. Not everybody is going to be a 44-year-old 
Midwestern, suburban living, church-going evangelical, uh, contrarian. That's me, who homeschools their kids. That's me. And while there are certain worldview philosophies that transcend my life experience, my life experience helps to shape the way I interpret those transcendent truths and communicate them and live them out. In this case, I know Judge Roy Moore and almost none of the people pontificating about him one way or the other today do. I do. And, and, and that, that makes me more knowledgeable in my view about the subject, but it could also make me more biased too because I have a personal relationship. So it could cuts both ways. You know what I'm trying to sure. say? Cuts both ways. But I would venture a guess most of the people opining about him today and doing so with deep conviction and writing long columns probably have never looked him in the eye or shaken his hand. I have. Now in our business, we don't always get the we don't always get to do that about the people and the subjects we talk about. But I do think when we run into people who have had a chance to do that about the people and subjects we talk about, we at least ought to be entertain what they have to say and listen. I think that's fair. And then afterwards, if you still don't agree, we don't have to agree and it's okay. It's okay. I'm, how many times have you heard me admit the world is, I've had to accept America's not us. The left right now is getting their butts kicked this week by Donald Trump because they don't want to accept the world is not them. They've, we've had three days of polls on anthem protests. They've gotten worse for the left in the NFL all three days. They get worse. People get angrier. They're getting angrier. Why? Because you can lecture me all you want. You're not protesting the flag. You're not protesting the anthem. When are you choosing to protest? When we raise the flag and sing what? The anthem. If I showed up at my Christmas family dinner and decided that was the moment I was going to make my big stand about global warming, it may have nothing to do with Christmas, but since I'm ruining their Christmas with my protest, what are they going to think? I'm protesting their Christmas. I'm ruining it. I'm taking something they thought was apart, set apart from our debates and was a bigger moment than our, than our debates, and I'm urinating on it. Am I going to win people to my side if I use that tactic? No. That's, what these, that's, that's, what these, that's why people are getting progressively angrier. You guys that are for this seem to think people don't know what you're doing. You have it backwards. You don't see what they are, you, you, not, you aren't receiving what they're seeing. You can't tell your customers no, we'll tell you what the product is. They decide for you what the product is because they're the ones doing the purchasing. So they have the power. And they're not getting the message that you want them to give because of when you're choosing to give it. Because they recognize you have 90 times a day that you could be communicating these messages. But the one moment we're all supposed to, hey, before we go out here and, and scream and yell at each other and call each other names and try to rip each other's kneecaps and spleens off, let's pause for a moment, remember we're Americans and sing for the anthem. You're choosing that moment when there's how many other opportunities? ESPN will give you an infomercial every night to get your social. You can get all woke on ESPN every night if you want. No one's complaining about that. The complaint is you're coming into an area where people are like, that's not the occasion. Just like it's not, there might even be people that agree with me if I protest for global warming at Christmas. They're just wondering, why the hell are you ruining my Christmas with this? Man, I came to this for Christmas to get away from this. I can do this tomorrow. It'll be back, Scrooge. Thanks. You know? 
So I think I'm okay with the fact that not everybody's like us and agrees with us. I'm even okay with the fact not everybody sees Judge Roy Moore the way that I do. Some of you, though, that are new to this, I want you're who I'm talking to today when I say this. One example is, several of you have emailed me about a radio show you listen to with someone I consider to be a friend. And I think he would say the feeling is mutual. And he had a guest on of somebody who's been a guest on my show, whom, whose work I admire. Does, did I say admire or unilaterally agree with, guys? What did I say? I was admire. Meyer. Have you ever heard me say I unilaterally agree with Judge Roy Moore? Have you ever heard me say that? We would be worried. Uh, no, that's North Korea. You're y- yes. Um, what you have heard me say is I admire him. And so when I mention like on Twitter, I think he's the finest man I've ever met in politics. People pull out something he wrote about whether a Muslim should be allowed to serve in Congress for World Net Daily three years ago. What do you think of this? I, did I write that? Did I write that? No. Then why the hell are you asking me when I think about it? Who's the author? He is. Guess who you should ask? Him. I don't know. Ask him what he thinks about it. You misread what I said. Don't conflate what I said. I didn't say I agreed with everything that's ever come out of his mouth. I said I admired him. What do I admire about him? Honesty, integrity, spirit of humility. I admire a lot of people that I don't think are right all the time. I think, as the great prophet Terrell Owens once said, I love me some me. You guys heard me change my mind on anything here over the last couple of years? I altered any things I used to say? You heard me say, you know what, I used to give this analysis, I found out I was wrong. Have you heard any of that? That's actually what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks yeah. on Worldview Wednesday. Yeah, so I've got a pretty high opinion of myself. Trust me, I'm well aware of that. Okay, Second. I love me. I love me some me, all right? And I don't agree with me all the time. I, I'm looking back at stuff I wrote three or four years ago. I'm like, I don't agree with that now. It's not true now. That's, you're right. That's the series we've just been doing. I don't have to agree with somebody all the time to be their friend, to admire their character. I just, I don't. It's okay. I may even think, you know, on this one thing, I think you're nuts. I think you're nuts. But I then have to make the decision whether you're so nuts about that that it, it transcends everything else about you that I find to be laudable. And sometimes, by the way, the answer is yeah, right? Like, you don't look at John Wayne Gacy and say, well, on the other hand, though, tremendous uh, artist, had a real eye for art. No. He's nuts in one area that is so overwhelmingly nuts, it doesn't matter whatever, whatever other attributes he, that may or may not be good he brings to the table, he has disqualified himself for, from humanity for being nuts in this area. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. There are priority areas. But aside from extreme cases of people like that, this is the world in which we live. I know there's a lot of you because I get all your emails all the time. I've never heard anybody do a better job of defending a biblical worldview than you do, Dace. But can you cut out some of the rough language? And you're probably right. None of us are perfect. If we wait around waiting for the ideal vehicle to show up, to do something good, guess how much good we will do? None. Look through the history of all the people God has used tremendously other than his own son. They're bad people, man. Bad. Just terrible people. Terrible. Just at times, terrible. Terrible from 
Abraham to Noah to, to Moses, David, on down the line. Terrible. Paul one week is sitting there, hey, hey, the, one week they're stoning Christians and saying to Paul, hold my beer, and he's holding it. Next week he's all like, repent in Jesus' name. Here's the thing. If God waited around until everybody was morally elite to use them, till they were perfect and right on everything to use them, why does God use bad people? Because we are all bad people. No one is good but God, Jesus says. <laughs> okay? And so this is the, the moral calculations in our lives we have to make. That's why we need a hierarchy of values. What things are more important than others? Are there things you can do that disqualify you? Sure. But even then, what's the standard for disqualification ultimately? How many people have done terrible things in this life, gone to prison for them? And God put Romans 8, 28 into action. All good things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to his purposes right then and there. I think it's Chuck Colson, for example, who spent literally almost every waking hour of his life when he wasn't with his family fighting for righteousness in American culture from the moment he stepped out of prison. Why was he in prison? He was misunderstood. He was framed. He was a criminal. That's why. He's a bad person, guys. Bad. That's why he's there. So we don't have to agree all the time, and it's okay. And so several of you have emailed me today about this radio show whose host is a friend of mine. And somebody's out on a show who's been a guest on my show that whose opinion I highly value. Don't always agree with, but value. Just the other day, I had David French on my show. What was the f- and I asked him about the generals in charge. And what did I say when I asked him? I know you're going to have a different perspective on this than me. And I want my audience to hear what you have to say. We used to call that being an adult. We used to call it being an adult. If, if I can't handle David French with his military background that I don't have, having a different take on a government primarily run by generals, if I can't handle that, what kind of man does that make me? One of your favorite sayings is iron sharpens iron. Exactly. I, let's hear it out. And so these two individuals had a dramatically different take on, on Roy Moore. One email I received, now again, I didn't listen to this myself, so I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to quote it directly or, the source, or source it directly, but said that, you know, um, he's not really a Christian statesman. He's more of a populist. He doesn't have the, the humble spirit of a Moses or a Jesus. Moses literally led the mass purging of pagan nations. He literally led the bloody conquest as an instrument of God's judgment, the Israelite people against the pagan people of the promised land. He literally led that. Presided over warfare on a massive scale, guys. And hand to hand, sword to sword, no shock and awe. Just, we fight until the other side's tired of bleeding. That's what we do. And then made sure it continued after it died. Hey, Joshua, you're up. Yes. The God who ordered Moses to do this, if you're a Trinitarian like the three of us are here on the show, the God who ordered Moses go into that land, 
be my instrument of judgment against these idolatrous pagans. You will be the beneficiary of my urban renewal program. Get rid of them with my power and I'll give you their land as booty, essentially, as bounty. The God who ordered Moses to do that, if you're a Trinitarian, was Jesus. We have to be careful on how we define what is a, what's humility. God defines that. What's a contrite spirit? God defines that. What's love? God defines that. Not us. We have to be careful with those things. A lot of the people commenting today don't know the man I know. Haven't been in conversations with him that me and others have been. Why won't you attack back the people that are attacking you? I just don't want to do that. Not what I think God wants me to be or wants me to do. They haven't watched a guy, even though it cost him his career twice, stand up and fight for what essentially is the basis of American exceptionalism, the laws of nature and nature's God. And that's okay. I hope that if they get to know him now that he's about to be a U.S. senator, I think we're all going to get to know him. You know what we may find? If Roy Moore goes to the U.S. Senate and it goes to his head and he turns out to be not who he's been the last 15 years, I will be surprised. But will I be shocked? Well, I don't know. Does a, does, does a bear poo in the buckwheat? Is this the, have we never, have we, you're right, this is a whole new storyline we've just never seen coming. Has it ever happened before? A few times. A few times. I will be surprised, disappointed, and dismayed. But if it happens, guess what I will do? I will tell you it happened. I hope when they get a chance to see him in action, they'll get to see and know the man that I know. And if they don't, then guess what? Roy Moore is not my plumb line. It's like when those of you come to me on my Facebook wall when I criticize Trump, and your initial response to me is not to attack whether what I'm saying is true, but you, follow, you always start off with this. I primaried for Ted Cruz too. Well, to quote the great prophet Chris Farley, Lottie freaking da, who cares? Why do you guys always throw that out there like it's some kind of ghetto pass, human shield? This is your political equivalent. Well, I prayed about it and I feel real good about where I'm at right now. Since I primaried for Ted Cruz too, I can just ignore all other truth that occurred from the moment I went into my state's primary and primaried for Ted Cruz. I don't have to, I don't have to accept the truth anymore. I can live in Xanadu and fan, I can live deplan, deplan, fantasy, I can tattoo. Can live on Fantasy Island in a perpetuity, hanging out with Ricardo Montalban in between Paul Malls because you freaking primary for Ted Cruz once. What the hell kind of standard is that? Have you guys noticed this? I know, Aaron, you've seen it on our wall. Oh yeah, yeah. This is always the uh, this is always the immediate disclaimer. Why do I care? First of all, I probably know Ted Cruz better than you do. More than likely, I probably do. Secondly, I love the man. Have I always agreed with Ted Cruz? No. No, didn't think he should give the speech at the convention. Didn't think he should endorse Trump. Didn't like his campaign strategy to go after Rubio and leave Trump alone. Did I, and did I not say all these things in public? Yes. Yes. So, 
that doesn't mean anything. That's not a ghetto pass. It's not a get out of jail free card. Some of you, man, you're gonna you're you're never you're gonna sit there on the on and look God on the judgment seat in the eye and say, well, you know, I primaried for Ted Cruz, and uh, that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> it's true. Goodness gracious, why? Who cares? And in this case, I love Judge Roy Moore, and as long as he remains the guy I've known, I got his back. Guess what happens though if he does something I don't agree with? I'm not going to agree with it. <laughs> Crazy. And by the way, if he when he does something I don't agree with, and he will, why? Because he's human. Doesn't mean he's right, I'm wrong, I'm right, he's wrong. Doesn't mean I think he's a sellout now. It just means, well, I wouldn't have done it that way, I don't agree. Here's why. This is how adults used to handle their business. That's how we used to do things around here. We've just all gone, done, lost our minds. Now, I don't blame those of you, though, when you see people you respect, because I've had to reconcile with this, too. People you respect have look at the same situation and have a dramatically different conclusion. You know what? There's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Maybe, maybe I've got too romantic of notions of Judge Roy Moore because I know him, and when he gets in the office, we'll find out. I need to maybe dial it down a notch. Okay. Maybe you'll find that the other side just doesn't know him at all and they feel threatened by some of his bombastic language and tactics. And then when he gets into the Senate, they'll be like, you know what, this guy's actually doing a lot of good and they'll change their minds. Maybe that'll never happen. Maybe we'll never come to an agreement. Does this mean we can't ever work together on anything else ever again? Well, for some of you, the answer will be yes. That's not going to be my... It used to be for me too. I used to roll that way. You know, and then I came across this line in the scriptures. I thought it was very odd. Don't muzzle the ox while it's treading its grain. I was like, is that kind of like that whole don't boil a young goat in its mother's milk thing? Some obscure Levitical law from you know, the 16th century BC, some agri- agribusiness practice we don't do nowadays. What does that mean? And then Paul repeats it in the New Testament. He says, you know, don't muzzle the ox while it's treading its grain. I thought, what does that mean? So I thought, you know, I should study this because I don't know what it means. And rather than just deciding for myself what it means, I should maybe find out what the guys who actually wrote the book thought it meant. Because that's probably what it means, at least in this context. What it means is, when someone is plowing their row, is it your row? Is that your row? Is their row your row? No. Did I say plowing your row? No? I said plowing their row. Okay. When someone is plowing their row with your ox or their ox? Their ox. When someone is plowing their row with their ox, if the ox is treading its grain, what does it mean treading its grain? It means things are functioning the way they are supposed to. That's what it means. Things are functioning the way they're supposed to, meaning a harvest is being created. That's what it means. We're not just going through the motions here, you know? It's like when you were a kid and you tried to fake your parents out that you vacuumed by running the vacuum without it starting on the carpet for a few times to create those lines, but you didn't pick anything up, okay? If it's the ox can only tread its grain when it is doing what it's supposed to be doing the way it's supposed to be doing it for its master at that time. And if that's happening in the row over there, Guess whose business that is? Nunez. Mr. Nunez. Nunez business. Nunez. Why? Because one dude's named Jehovah, the other dude's us. Okay? Nunez business. 
Maybe it's not the ox. Maybe that's not the ox we would have chose. Maybe it's not the grain treader we would devise. Maybe it's not the farmer, the planter we think's the best. But guess whose land that is? Is that our land? Nope. His. So none of your business. Not our problem. Because the whole time we're focused on whether the ox over there on the other line is plowing their row over there. Guess what we ain't doing here with our own row? What are we not doing? Taking care of our business. Yeah, we ain't plowing our row. So plow your row, shut your hole, and know your role. And if you are plowing your row, that's enough work all by itself. And the only time you're really concerned about what somebody else's row is, is when they start thinking, when they start deviating into yours. Now it's your problem, okay? That's when, that's when we name names around here. When you start plowing into my row, when you start taking my terminology, co-opting my language, besmirching my values, that is when we will not just take names. You'll take names, if you know what I'm saying, okay? Short of that, though, that's not my problem. I may not get it. I may not understand it. It may not be what I think. But man, this is a hell of a lot of work plowing my own row right here. So I, I, I got to focus on that right now. And you know, there's another New Testament application of this in another context. Be more concerned about the, the log in your own eye than the speck of dust in your brothers, okay? And then there's another New Testament parallel where Jesus talks about the parable of these workers who have been working at this job site all along. And these new people show up. And he's like, you know what? You're going to get paid the same wage as the people that have been here all along. That's fair. And the people that have been there all along are like, that ain't fair. Just like, what do you mean it's not fair? You still got more money than them because I paid you the whole time you were working for me that they weren't. You made a lot more money than them. You got, did you not get rewarded? Was the worker not worth this hire? Did you not get paid for all the work you previously did? Yeah. Guess what they didn't get paid for? The work they didn't do. Guess what they got paid for today? The work that they did. And who are you to tell me? Since, by the way, since I'm the guy that signs the front of the check and you sign the back, guess who that means the boss is? Again, shut your hole, know your role. That's pretty much like the last five chapters of Job. I just summed it up for you right there, okay? One of the longest books in the Bible, maybe its oldest book. It's pretty much all summed up in five, the last five verses with shut your hole and know your role. I just summed it up. That's the day's paraphrase, okay, for you right there. That's pretty much it. We may never agree on this, and that's okay. We don't have to agree all the time. And the beauty of this is, if I'm right about Judge Roy Moore, guess what's going to happen when he gets in the Senate? We will see. And if I'm wrong about Judge Roy Moore, guess what will happen when we get into the Senate? We will see, and people will go out of their way to tell you so. Yes, and I will admit it. Have I not been admitting lately when I'm wrong, which has happened too much? (laughs) It's been fun. (laughs) Okay? If there's one thing I've proven to you, it's I can admit when I'm wrong... Can I stop proving that now? Do we have to keep proving that? (laughs) It's okay. We don't have to agree. Now, there's another worldview thing here that's at stake, though, that I want us to address before we go. There is incontrovertible incontrovertible views about the law within the conservative movement. One day, we'll do this podcast again. We get into all the theories. We're almost out of time today, so I can't do it today. But what's legal positivism? What's natural law? What's case law? What what does all those things mean? Okay? But what it really comes down to here is this question. 
can a judge decree absolutely anything at all, anything at all, and have it be the force of law? That's really what the debate really is about. They'll tell you it's not, but it is. And when I say they, there's a conservative legal industry that really does little, that does, that, that writes some really chill, cool white papers, bro. But the, the, other than wringing their hands and saying, you know, one day, one sweet day when we get 50 years of conservative justices to all undo all this precedent, we can have our country back. But until then, the courts have spoken and I've, that's, that's, that's just the law now. So I was part of a group that said hell to the no about that in my state seven years ago. And we fired three justices for thinking that they were the law and they're not. You may not agree with the way the judge has done it. You may not agree with his methods. But essentially what the judge did in standing up to the courts, not once but twice in his career, is saying, you are not the law. No one swears an oath to uphold a court opinion. What do they swear an oath to uphold and defend? Constitution. The Constitution, so help me. God. God. Which means the law comes ultimately from whom? God. God. And it is laid out explicitly in what? The Constitution. And the Constitution says Congress, meaning why Congress? What is the lawmaking entity according to the Constitution? Congress. That's kids. Why we call them often lawmakers. Why don't we call judges lawmakers? Because they aren't. Because they aren't. I think it was People Magazine was congratulating some celebrity on finding out she's going to have a baby. Thank you. We now acknowledge the truth. The reason we call our, congr- our congressmen and senators lawmakers is they're the ones that make the laws. And that's why your Constitution says Congress, as the lawmaker, shall make no law creating a religion or restricting the free exercise thereof. And I go back to a line from D.L. Moody that you've heard me quote a lot over the years. I like my way of doing things better than your way of doing things. And those of you that don't like it, when my, my, my language gets a little coarse, you're not going to like the next 10 seconds. I'm going to warn you up front now. But whenever there's a war going on of existential significance, give me the guy who overreaches in trying to defeat the opponent over the guys who give the opponents the reach around every time and twice on Sunday. Thanks. I'll take that. Because God can do a lot more with a degenerate like Samson who will at least pick up the jawbone of an ass and start waving it around in between his fornications than the khaki-panted, pleated-panted brigade on the sidelines pondering the lint in the navel and rubbing the stubble on their chins. Well, that's not what Exodus 27b3 says in our local synagogue group that we had last week. Cool, bro. Well, when you got out of your local synagogue group last week, what did you do with what Exodus 27, 3b said? What'd you do with it all week? I know. Nothing. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing you did. So guess what Exodus 27, 3b means to you despite your protestations to the contrary? Not a damn thing. For faith without works is what, Mr. Catholic friend? Dead. Dead. It's a dead letter. So you can memorize all your Bible verses. You can know all your phonics. You can get hooked on phonics if you want. You can know all your Aramaic, all your Greek, 
You can know all, you can know your Latin Vulgate if you want. You can be St. Jerome's freaking pen pal for all I care. When you stand on the sidelines not doing a damn thing but writing white papers, how dare you criticize this man who actually tried to do something with what we all said we believe. And maybe he could have done it differently. Maybe he could have done it better. But at least he tried to do something. What did you do? Nothing. Nothing. You wrung your hands and said, boy, it really sucks that we're letting all these pagan judges undo our way of life. But alas, there's nothing we can do about it. I had a leading figure in the, in the conservative legal community debating me on this on Twitter last night. He goes, I will side with Don Martin. You know, you know, I'll side with Aquinas, Augustine, Moses, Jesus, MLK, and the actual Constitution. Thanks. You're right. Whatever a judge, I finally tweeted back to him. You're right. Whatever a judge decrees from the bowels of his pagan mind is the law. Signed, Dred Scott. Well, Steve, this is why we backed Trump. I know why you backed Trump. It's been funny watching my Twitter timeline the last 12 hours. I can't believe you're one of these people. I told you I was one of these people. Goodness gracious, guys. How many times have I said, I'm not Bill Crystal? who tweeted today, Roy Moore is the most extremist person ever elected to the Senate. Screw you. Extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. Barry Goldwater, 1963. Not to mention the fact, in Washington, anybody who actually believes and will act upon the words of the Republican Party platform is considered an extremist. And then there's what Aaron said. (laughs) Okay? Bill's a nice guy. I don't have his worldview. I don't. We don't agree on a lot. Once we get past, we both agree Democrats want to go too far. There's not a lot else we want we agree on. I don't I don't I don't dislike Bill Crystal. I think he's a nice guy. I just think he's really wrong. I just think he's really wrong. My issue is not that you wanted a leader like Trump. My issue has always been that you thought he was gonna be that guy. And I think a lot of you, pardon the pun, got woke this last month. When you out, went out there and rallied to Roy Moore while he sat on the sidelines tweeting, rallying, and then erasing the tweets, the, the guy has literally been caught being a hypocrite on everything for the last five years on Twitter. Doesn't erase any of those tweets. That's how we keep digging him up all the time. But boy, he could not erase those Luther Strange support tweets fast enough, man. It was all, he, he went all wrecked him, barely knew him on Luther Strange by about 9 o'clock Eastern last night. Gone. I hope a lot of you understand where I am coming from. I've actually been on your side, not the cult, the rest of you. I've been on your side this whole time. This whole time. I've spent my entire career fighting for the things you think this guy's for the whole time. I never changed. That's why I didn't go along with him. Because I knew he wasn't real. Because despite everything else, the guy could have even changed his endorsement Monday. And all, the, and all these people would have applauded and Rory Moore would have won instead of by 11 points, he won by 20. And he could have won over his base. He didn't do that though, did he? He could have listened to all of you and saw what you were doing. Did he listen? Nope. He listened to Javanka and McConnell and he listened to uh, the shows instead. I've always been on your side. I just don't think he is. That's where we disagree. But even though you dis, many of you dislike me for pointing that out to you, have I ever abandoned you on any of the issues that you care about? Never. 
because I've learned don't muzzle the ox while it's treading its grain. I'm not a Steve Bannon guy, but you know what, dude? He, Judge Roy Moore, what did he change to get Steve Bannon to go down to Alabama, do you think? What, what position, issue position did he give to Steve Bannon? Which sibilant did he offer up to get that, do you think? Answer's none. So by, by golly, if Steve Bannon and that ilk, if they want to jump in, water's fine, man. I don't care. I'm just not changing for you. But if you want to join in, that's how you work a big tent. If, if I don't have to change the fiber of my being for you and you see enough holistically in me that you agree with me, then we're in. Cool. And it doesn't mean we have to break bread together. It doesn't mean we have to have holiday together. Want to even talk to each other. I don't care. I'm kind of antisocial anyway. Thoughts, Todd and Aaron? Well, I just got to say that there was that multi-minute period there immediately after the listener warning that was scintillating thank you for that all of it was but that uh in particular was fantastic listen all of the people that steve is talking about and not but but they're making complaints well, that have nothing to do with uh, Roy Moore about all manner of things, about progressives, about Donald Trump, about uh, the, the the GOP. Uh, everybody knows that something is system, systemically broken. Just hit the pause button for a second. Bill Chris, a, p- a perfect example. Stop with those ridiculous histrionics. Because you are a really start, smart guy and a student of history, as was your father. There is no way you put down what Roy Moore has adjudicated on, what he's philosophized on, the way he's lived his life next to the founding of this country. There's no way you can honestly do that and say that this man is not in step with our birth as a nation. Now, again, that birth of the nation makes the exact point that Steve was talked about. Were all of those men, bosom buddies, the founding fathers, they were very different in many ways. But they came together to make the point Steve was making. There's something bigger going on. We got to put aside our nonsense our ridiculous tribalism. Hey, let's see what this guy's got. If you're honest, and that's really the $6 million question we have to deal with, if you are willing to be honest, it's an obvious answer, and it's one you got to run with. Because so Steve said, we're calling an audible on this show. This is... It's audible time for this nation. It's very late in the game. We have no idea how much time is truly left on the clock. We need one hell of an audible. Maybe, just maybe, this is it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I was happy last night watching the results come in. 
but then almost immediately the conservative smart set. I, I actually enjoyed the I actually enjoyed the liberal media reaction because they're twisting their, themselves into pretzels. Uh, you know, on the one hand, haha, you know, Trump's guy lost, and then on the other hand, oh, he lost to uh, you know an anti-homophobic you know bigot. Um, so that was entertaining. But the the conservative smart set. I saw somebody who I think most of, um, if not all of us in this room. Uh, probably respect to some level uh, tweet last night uh, that that Roy Moore uh, is going to be in a fight or that Alabama picked a guy that's that's going to be in a fight with a Democrat, you know, um, uh, during the the general election, which is just totally making the point that Roy Moore is is an extremist. And I you know, we can we can see things differently. But the line that you said that was killer and I'm paraphrasing here, Steve is what the hell has ha, have any of you done that rivals what Roy Moore has done? He has taken every sling, every bullet, and he has paid a price losing his job to stand up for what you say that you believe in, and yet he's some sort of extremist. He's this, he's that, and the other thing. That is bull hockey to me and he's a guy he's he's not a guy he's a man because he kept on getting up and he got up again and last night he's de facto um the next senator from alabama um and you want to criticize i'm i'm sick of it i really quite am um but the good news is he's probably going he he's probably going to win and so we can all see who was right about what preach and in the end, those of you in the smart set, show us your plan. What's your what's yes. your action plan then? In between, uh, I got to say these things to get my contributor gig renewed renewed on this uh, cable channel. Every sh- sh- show me what your action plan is. It then. seems like every single action plan with them, every single step of every single action plan as well. We just got to find the thermal exhaust port for every yep. single issue. It's the, not the action that plan is ju- unless we can unless we can get two thirds or three two thirds of the st- a super majority of the states to uh, su- to uh, amend the constitution. Then the judges by one vote, five votes nine votes three votes on a panel get to amend it whatever they want for a half for a half a century that's their answer what is your action plan then you live in a country by men that just finally had enough hell no is the hell to the no and uh, i see some white fire that's 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 how we're here so then tell me tell me then mr panache yes i know i said it wrong mr panache tell me then by all means dazzle us with your bountiful vocabulary and your New York City suits, by all means, yes, please, we will now, hamana, 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 yes, please, enlighten us with your action plan, we will wait. That's going to do it for today's podcast here on CRTV. Thank you for joining us here on iHeart, iTunes, and Google Play. Don't forget to check us out at CRTV.com, promo code DACE, where we will still be waiting for the action plan from the smart set. And we'll be waiting, and we'll be waiting, and we'll be waiting. John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. 